Dude, I'm sick. Can you hear it in my voice? I saw that on Twitter. God, it's the worst. What kind of sick are we talking? Mentally, there's something wrong with me. Let's be fair about that. But physically, sure. you can't even say what it is. It's just uh, this. Uh, this. Uh, oh, hey, there's Reinhardt in the background. What up, dude? Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> can you hear him? I can hear him barely. Oh, here. Turn this around. Maybe you can. Why? My mother FaceTimes at the worst time. She's trying to FaceTime me right now. No, mom. Bye. I saw that you missed the big Thanksgiving in Nashville. Miley had her new boyfriend over, I guess. A, it was in L.A. Oh. B, it wasn't that big. Well, I wasn't invited. It was in L.A.? I could have gone <laughs> over there. You could have totally gone. Why am I completely being ostracized from your family dynamics? I don't understand it. Well, now that we've got Rai Rai in the picture... Wells is taking a back seat. Uh, what is that even? I mean, I'm wonderful to be around. <laughs> you guys look like you're having just a grand old time out in South Africa. I see elephants and giraffes and bless bucks and springboks <laughs> and water buffalo well, and oryxes. The cool thing about all of that is I've really only seen one of those animals you mentioned on this trip, and it's the elephants. I was watching your Instagram story one day. You were like having your morning coffee, looking out up mm -hmm. upon everything the light touches and two elephants walk by. Yeah, they were actually really mm -hmm. close to me too, but I didn't start filming until they had walked away a bit. But so for the first couple of days I flew in here, I went straight to where Rye works at uh, in Addo. I literally went to work with him. He had to work the first day I was here, at least the morning. And so I got up with him at like 630 in the morning and went down and kind of just like followed him around all day, which was fun. I sat outside while he did a couple of things in the back. And these out of like as soon as he walked away, these two elephants walked up. It was so cool. Are you scared at all at any point or is there a chance that the bull elephant will charge and kill you? No. You watch too much TV. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it's a thing. It's happened before. <laughs> I know. I actually, so I wasn't scared then. I'm never scared when I'm at the lodge there because I just feel like, I don't know, like those elephants are just so used to people being around and stuff. I don't really feel scared. But what I did get to do for the first time ever this trip was go on a bushwalk. So it's like, Instead of being in a vehicle, you're literally just walking through the bush and and it's just you're it's you know, nothing's protecting you. You're just out there, except I had a Rai Rai to protect me, which was cool. And we got to see a lion on foot. Rai, how close was the lion to us? About 40 meters. 40 meters. 40 meters. That's Damn. like 45 yards, probably around yeah. about there. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, so isn't that cool? A bushwalk, huh? Yeah. That's what guys used to call it when they would go down on girls in the 70s. It could be <laughs> could be dangerous with that disco bush. But you know what? We're going down. <laughs> oh, thank God we've moved past the disco bush. <laughs> I feel like the disco bush is back, dude. No. I, mean, I don't know. Itchy. But have you have you do you know what a merkin is, by the way? No. Reinhardt, do you know what a Merkin is? No idea. It sounds like Birkin, which is a really nice handbag. No, well, no, this is not that at all. It's complete opposite. So a Merkin <laughs> is a wig of pubic hair for, I think, for mainly for women. Well, uh, yeah, I would, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being a guy being like, I didn't do Merkin? <laughs> If a guy needs help with his pubic hair, something is very wrong. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's for like, I don't know, for like movies and stuff. But it was a, yeah, I can see that. It's a thing. You can get a Merkin. Huh. 
So there That's you go. Buy a buy a interessant, <laughs> as we would say over here in South Africa. Yeah, well, buy a donkey. <laughs> Do I like that. Yeah. Uh, he taught me a new word. What is it? Merkin? Snocks. Snocks. No. Hold on. Let me let me think of what sno- what I think snocks means. Snocks. Yeah. Snocks. Maybe spell it for him. Yeah, yeah. S N A A K S. Yeah. Snocks. Yeah. Okay. So I think snocks is when you say something snarky. Like that's a snocks comment. It's not far. It's not far off now. It You're means too far off. it means funny. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Say in a sentence. Wells that's... is by a snocks. Yes. That oh, so it's very funny. Oh, so it's Afrikaans. Yeah. Okay. So it's by a very. Yeah. Yes. And I also learned Unghulifluk. Unghulifluk. Yeah. Which is. Unbelievably. Unbelievably. So a whole lot. Oh, wow. Mm. I tell Rai, Unghulifluk by Alipio. Oh, that means I love your, your Merkin very much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kind of need to be ongelooflijk finally for someone to like a merkin. I, I agree. It's unbelievable how much I love you. Or yeah. I, yeah. I love you unbelievably. I love you unbelievably much. Oh. An unbelievable amount. Oh. How long are you there for? I go home tomorrow night. How sad is that? Oh man. So what? What is the? So we were just to give context to everybody. We were supposed to do this podcast yesterday. Brandy was like, "I knew this was going to happen." Ryan surprised me with some trip. So where did you guys go? What happened? First of all, I'm a control freak, and I like to make the plans because I like to micromanage and I like to know where we're going and what we're getting ourselves into. And I just I like to be in control, and I'm the first to admit it. And so this is the first time that I've come over here that I haven't been the one to like make a bunch of plans. I guess he was being very sweet and wanted to surprise me and take me somewhere that I hadn't been. Just for a night, like nowhere far or anything because my trip was short, but just somewhere close by. But he didn't tell me where we were going or anything. Didn't even tell me what day we were going until literally like two days ago. I was like, well, that's the day I record my podcast. And he was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, you got to find out if they have Wi-Fi. That's like very important that they have great Wi-Fi. <laughs> and so he apparently called and was like, don't worry, they have Wi-Fi and everything. And But then like his mom was telling us about the, what the place was like because she's been before. And she used the word rustic mm. and remote. And I got nervous ah. <laughs> <laughs> about the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and I had yeah. a right to be nervous. So we got there and it was very beautiful. I posted about it on my story. It was, we stayed in a bedroom that was like at the top of this hill in a tiny, like an old wooden house. And mm. the, the, it was just one room, the bedroom. And it was like, it had windows all on every wall and yeah. it faced the ocean. It was stunning. It was that room was like in a house and the different hotel rooms were in the same house. So we were in a house basically with a bunch of strangers in different rooms. And the only place to use the Wi-Fi was in the common area downstairs. And the Wi-Fi sucked. So like not only would we have had a bad connection, people could have been walking in and out, talking in whatever language, saying whatever, who knows what. I mean, I saw the story. It looked freaking awesome. It was really, really beautiful. The area we were in was called Nordhook. Yeah. Say it your way. Nordhook. Like uh, that. Nordic. And it, you said you said Nordic. 
North yeah. Say very American, but I'm obsessed with That's it. Okay. It is the coolest little town, and the vibe reminded mm. me a lot of Malibu for some reason. I mean, the ocean, and it's just very laid back. Everybody's walking around everywhere. Had a little farmer's market. It was just very, very cute. I don't know, much nicer than Malibu. Like, it was very green and had huge parks. People had their dogs off leash running through the grass. It was just like, so picturesque and adorable, so that's where he took me. Wow. There are very few places in the world that are nicer than Malibu. And apparently Norfolk really? is one of I feel like Malibu is like considered nice. Here's what I think about Malibu. I think it's nice because of all the rich people that live there. Yeah. And, but like it's really not that great. Like the beach is kind of dirty. There's no grass. No one has very big properties. I don't know. I'm not trying to hate on Malibu. It's fine. And it's really cool. But like this is just Malibu's not that great. There are much prettier places in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, and Norfolk is one of them. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I can't believe you'd say that because I feel like where you're from is so much nicer than Malibu. Yeah, I would agree. Monterey. Did you take Reinhardt to where I'm from? I haven't yet. Can you hear still? Yeah, I can I had to turn yeah. the thing. Um, yeah. I haven't yet. That's so when he comes over, my mom is like begging us to go do a West Coast road trip with her because she loves Big Sur and she loves Monterey. So that's kind of the next probably like big trip we'll do when he comes over to the states again is start in la and drive up the whole i'd love to do the whole coast i i would love to go all the way to vancouver i've never done that i think wow. that'd be so cool yeah get yourself a trisler sebring we can put the top down <laughs> convertible i think Tish the dish has more of a uh what's the rv c company called that we talked about for utah cruise america road trip cruise america <laughs> that's what tish has in mind <laughs> When I went to South Africa, I went to Cape Town. Cape Town reminded me so much when I flew into Cape Town, so much of flying into Monterey and Carmel, just like mountains meeting mm -hmm. the sea and like this like drastic meeting between ocean and land that was like really, really beautiful. And then obviously there's like, it's like wine country and a lot of rich yeah, white no, people, I, you know, it's great. It is very West Coast-esque. Yeah, for sure. Rai Rai has anxiety about being on the pod. Nah, oh, you've been great. I haven't really been saying much. All okay. right, buddy, I'll let you go. But thank you for well, stopping you. by. It's good to see you, man. Uh, good to see you again. Enjoy. He's very handsome, isn't he? Yeah, he he's so, he's so funny. He's so shy. I know. Around. I feel he's. It's not you. It's the fact that he knows people. Other people are gonna listen to this. That yeah. makes him so nervous. I know. I hate that my only interaction with him has been on the podcast because I feel like I'm not getting the real Reinhardt. No, you're definitely not. All right. Well, do you want to start the pod? Oh yeah, we probably should, huh? Yeah. Go for it, baby. You've been gone for a while. Buckle up your seatbelts, bros and hoes. You're <laughs> listening to your favorite thing podcast. With. Well, Sam Brad, hey. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelts, boys and girls. Real quick. You're going to give that one a try for I liked once. It. it looks like you're having a great time in Africa. It's always a great time here. I mean, if you come here and don't have a great time, something is very wrong with you. Dude, you know? Yeah, it's a you problem if you're not having fun in South Africa. But... It's winter. It's 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 winter here, so or it's like getting close to winter, so it's got to be warm there. Oh, I've been by the pool almost every single day. Oh. Reinhardt gets tan in like two seconds, which is so unfair. We've laid out for like two or three days, and I have a little bit of color. I think you got to figure it out, man. You can do if you guys get married, you can do endless summer, basically. My whole idea is like come here for like two and a half, three months when it's freezing at home. Yeah. You and then, get, yeah, you forever live in the summer. Or you just live in California, and then it's always nice. But yes, that I like I like your idea, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, was it weird not doing Thanksgiving? 
ironically was here last year on Thanksgiving too. All right. I, it's weird, I, but it was, you know, obviously I didn't know him yet, but it was when I came over here with Miley. So I wasn't here for that for last Thanksgiving either. And the other cool thing about November for us is Miley's birthday is the 23rd. So it's always right before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So well, before I left, um, Miley was in Nashville, so those of us that were there got together and did a dinner for her birthday, and she actually couldn't talk still, so it was a silent birthday dinner for her, but because we did that, and we kind of went all out, like it was a very Thanksgiving-esque meal, it almost felt like I didn't really miss Thanksgiving. You didn't miss much, you know? What'd you do? So every year we go down to like the homeless shelter and the veterans shelter and hand out food for Thanksgiving. That's really cool. My cousin, Daryl, she like sets it up for like for like all of West L.A. It's crazy what she does. It's a really fun thing, but it's it's one of those things like serving the food for the homeless people is like a job that everyone wants to do. So it's like, like really quick shifts and they're fulfilling. But, you know, once you do it for like an hour, someone wants to like take your place because it's, it's like a thing. And so this year we went to like where where they were getting all the food ready to take over. They just stocked me and my brother's SUVs up to the brim full of turkey dinner, blankets, and hygiene kits. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, go to this church over there and set up a thing and then give it out. So we get to the church. And there's like 20 people in there, and they all look like they're not homeless, right? Like they just, mm-hmm. they look like they'd be like, no, we've got our own dinner at home. We're good, you know? So we're like, you know what? Screw it. We're taking it to the streets. And we jumped in our cars because like, if you live in L.A., you like know where a lot of like the homeless encampments are. And they're generally like under overpasses. So we just started going around to where we knew homeless encampments were and like knocking on tents. Hey, do you guys want some food? Do you guys want blankets? Do you guys want hygiene kits? We just handed it out that way. And we drove all around L.A. and just gave away stuff. And it was very fulfilling and it was very nice and it was crazy. We I thought that like the food was gonna be the most sought after thing, but it had rained the night before. Everyone was like, dude, do you have any more mm. blankets? Do you have any more blankets? And I felt horrible because living in LA, you're like, the one thing you don't really need is blankets, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so that was really nice and fun. And it was like one of those things where I was like, I I need to do more of that. I need to be better about being a better human. So that was really nice and fulfilling. And we're going to do it again on Christmas. And it was also one of those things where like we learned something of it's so much easier to serve people when you go find them than to like wait for them to come to you, you know? So Oh, for sure, yeah. We were learning. And then we came back and we had Friendsgiving and we just got wasted. Just <laughs> obliterated. So much so that the next day, and I'm such like a I hate idle hands. Like I hate sitting around. The next day Sarah and I literally sat on the couch and just watched movies for an entire day. Wow. So you should have a lot of good content to talk about today. So much tent. <laughs> I got all of it. But anyways, it was a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for a lot of things, uh, you being one of those things. Oh, um, well. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. That's all, what's what's happening in my life right now. Brandi, real quick, got to show some love to BarkBox. Have you heard about BarkBox before? I have heard about it, and this is actually perfect because I was just thinking, what are, am I going to get Astra for Christmas? And you're totally solving my problem right now. I know. I wish Carl was here. I can just do Carl's voice. I love BarkBox because it comes in the mail, and it's toys for me, and Boo and Barkley, and there's also treats in there and little storylines that go with the whole thing and then i destroy the toy in there because i'm a monster there you go 
<laughs> I think this is the perfect gift for Astra. It looks like they have many different plans you can choose from. One, six, and 12-month plans where you can get a box delivered at any of those increments. So it's not only like it's Christmas once, it's going to be Christmas 12 times a year if I get her the 12-month plans. Pretty cool. If your dog has allergies or is a heavy chewer, their happy customer service team is always ready to help. BarkBox has a great value. In addition to being the very best assortment of dog products, it's also the very best value. Each box has free delivery and contains over $40 worth of toys and treats with subscriptions starting at just 22 bucks. Uh, you love your dog like family, so they designed all toys in-house with the very best materials like stomach-safe t-shirt rope, spiky ball cores, and dozens of innovative squeakers. BarkBox's all-natural treats and shoes are made and produced with meat sourced in the U.S. and Canada and never any soy, corn, or wheat, which is really important. BarkBox's are a $40 value with plans starting at just $22 a month. Celebrate your dog with BarkBox. It's like a joy of a million belly scratches delivered directly to your door. Now is the perfect time to try BarkBox because we are offering you something super special. You will get a free extra toy when you visit BarkBox.com YFT and subscribe for either a six or 12 month plan. You'll receive an extra toy for a total of three toys in every box, which is an additional $9 value added to each box for free. So check it out. Go to BarkBox.com YFT. Trust me, this is uh, something that you and your puppy are going to love. BarkBox. Woof, woof. All right, YFTers. I mean, there's a lot of sleep hacks out there. We were actually talking about noise machines earlier, but there's also like no snacking at night, yoga before bed, meditation. I try to do that. Instead of trying them all, you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl & Branch. We're talking about the best-selling sheets ever. Incredible on night one and only get softer with every single wash. Brandy and I love Bowl & Branch sheets. I truly do. I just got home from being gone for like two weeks and there's just nothing better than getting in my own bed with my cozy, cozy bedding. And for me, that is my Bull and Branch sheets. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. They feel so buttery soft, but they're so breathable at the same time. And they're perfect for the summer months ahead where it's a bit toasty out. Plus, they offer a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. That's right. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code FAVORITE at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code FAVORITE THING. Um, you want to talk some fave things, bro? Yeah, bro. Sounds like you've got a lot. I got a lot. Do you just want me to go on a, on a rampage? I do, because funny, I've actually been sharing a lot of our favorite things with Rye this week. Yeah. We started and already finished Another Life because yeah. I knew he would love that series, that Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah. So we just finished it. But it's funny because like we keep looking for things we've both not seen, but then we keep coming across things and I'm like, oh, but you have to watch that. Yeah. So we just keep watching stuff I've already seen. But it's kind of fun for him to see it the first time. So, yes, please enlighten me. Maybe you can give me something new to watch on the plane ride home. Okay. I got a bunch. The first one I would suggest is a movie called Brightburn. Oh. Have you heard about that? No. Brightburn. After a difficult struggle with fertility, Tori Breyer's dreams of motherhood come true with the arrival of a mysterious baby boy. Brandon appears to be everything Tori and her husband Kyle ever wanted. Bright, talented, and curious about the world. But as Brandon nears puberty, 
powerful darkness manifests within him, and Tori becomes consumed by terrible doubts about her son. Once Brandon begins to act on his twisted urges, those closest to him find themselves in grave danger. Brightburn on Netflix. This <laughs> <laughs> voice is like borderline creepy. I know. Actually, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I think it's on, I think we bought it. It's basically the story of Superman, but oh. what if Superman was evil? Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. This baby comes in a spaceship, lands actually in Kansas, just like Superman. They raise him. He's got some powers, but he might not be the greatest. Okay. You know who's in it? Hmm. Elizabeth Banks is the mom. Oh, wow. David Denman is the dad, and he was, you remember from The Office, Pam's, like, first fiancé? Yes. Yeah, and then the little boy is, I think his name is Jackson Dunn. He's phenomenal. Anyways, really good sci-fi, fantastical. Really? Yeah, and sci-fi. It's like, it's, oh, it's so good. Anyway, so yes. Okay. Check it out. I think you'd like that. Okay, cool. The other one that I liked a lot was a movie called Loose. Have you heard about that? No. Loose, a liberal-minded couple. Amy and Peter Edgar are forced to reconsider their image of their adopted son after they discover he has written an extremely disturbing essay for his class at school. Okay, so this one is... <laughs> it's a it's a white couple who have adopted a black son from... We, mm. I, I don't know if they ever say it, but it sounds like he comes from, like, a war-torn area of Africa, and, and like, he is... The story of America, like you can come here and be anything and do anything, you know, manifest destiny. He's all that. And he's the valedictorian of the school and he's giving speeches. But he has this one teacher who's played by uh, Octavia Spencer, mm -hmm. who does not like him very much for whatever reason. It's like super hard on this kid. It's like kind of putting him through it. And this kid Loose is like not all about it because everyone worships the ground he walks on because he is, you know, he, he's the rags to riches story that everyone loves. It's kind of all about him and Octavia Spencer kind of going at it. Who's smarter? Don't know. Cast is really good. Naomi Watts is the mom. Tim Roth. Oh, wow. Who's been in like every Tarantino film is the dad. I haven't seen this kid, Kevin Harrison Jr. before, but he is fantastic. He's young, and I'm sure he's going to be in a lot of stuff. Anyways, that movie is so good. Wow, okay. That sounds good. I want to watch that. Wells, I don't have my bell, but give me a ding real quick. There you go. Thank you very much. I got to talk about my fave thing, third love. I legitimately packed all of my favorite third love bras for this trip to South Africa because, you know, I got it. The girls got to be looking good for my man mm -hmm. and all. You know how important mm -hmm. this is. Seriously, Third Love is one of my favorite brands. It is so hard to find a good fitting bra, but with Third Love, you can take a Fit Finder quiz so you can find out exactly what size is best for you. And the best part is if you get your bra and it doesn't fit perfectly, they have a money back guarantee. You can return it and exchange it for a different size or style. And what I love about this company is that they give back. So they wash any used bras that are returned and they donate them to women in need. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it. And third love will, boom, donate it to someone in need, which I think is super cool. So here's the deal. Third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash YFT right now to find your perfect 
fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash YFT for 15% off today. I really do love this company. I wear the bras all the time. I'm not lying to you guys. They are my absolute favorites. Check it out. Boobs. Wells loves boobs. So, Wells. Yeah. Every single year, I am on the struggle bus when it comes to Christmas shopping. I put everything off to the last minute. I feel like I'm not good at buying gifts when I'm under pressure. However, I was thinking this year that I might get my entire family me undies. What do you think? I love it, man. I love some me undies. <laughs> I do too. Everything I've gotten from them is super comfortable, and they don't just have underwear. They also have really fun pajamas and onesies. Who doesn't love a onesie? And they have brand new holiday prints, which might be perfect for our matching family Christmas photo this year. Yeah. This holiday season, cozy up in their new robes for men and women. Treat yourself to their uh, soft new slippers and, of course, match the whole family with the cute baby bodysuit. So Sarah and I are going to do this as well. We're going to get everyone some robes for Christmas morning, and we're going to be those guys. We're going to be those people. I'm not mad about it. MeUndies is great because they come in so many sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can find something for everyone, and there's brand new products all the time. I got to be honest with you. So like, I have a drawer full of underwear, and I have kind of older underwear, and I now only go and I get the MeUndies ones because they're so soft. I'm not joking. They uh, feel so good on my junk. I'm not going to lie. I feel like your underwear says a lot about who you are. And if you have on fun underwear, you're definitely a fun person. I think so. You know? Yeah. Here's the deal. You get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. All you got to do is go to MeUndies.com slash YFT. That's MeUndies.com slash YFT to get 15% off your first pair today. Do it. Um... We also watched, I have a lot of these. I'm sorry. I don't know if you want me to do no, that's this. that's great. This is a kind of a true story based on true events. It's called Official Secrets. Mm-hmm. Main character is Kiera Knightley. Love her. Also, Ralph uh, Fiennes is in it. He played Voldemort and like every other thing in the world. Matt Smith is in it. He's in, uh, what's the movie about the queen? Is it the queen? It's called the queen? I think the queen. It's got a lot of really good characters, and here is the synopsis. Official secrets. One day in 2003, in the lead-up to the Iraq War, British intelligence specialist Catherine Gunn receives a memo from the NSA with a shocking directive. The United States is enlisting Britain's help in collecting compromising information on UN Security Council members to blackmail them into voting in favor of an invasion of Iraq. Unable to stand by and watch the world be rushed into war, Gunn makes the gut-wrenching decision to defy her government and leak the memos to the press. Official secrets. Kind of feels like they gave a lot away in that synopsis. It's during like the Bush administration and like when we were trying to decide if we were going to invade Iraq and everyone and Bush was saying that there was weapons of mass destruction, that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction, and, and there was ties to Al-Qaeda. And everyone's like, I don't know if that's true, you know, and like they were doing all that. She's an intelligence officer for the British. She releases a bunch of information, like whistleblows, like how it's kind of BS. And it's like all about if she's going to go to jail for basically doing the right thing. It's crazy that you can go to jail for doing the right thing. I know. You know? Anyways, Official Secrets is really good. Oh, the other one that we watched was The King. Have you heard about that one? Uh, Is it on Netflix or something else? Yes, it's on Netflix. The King is all about Henry V. The King. Young Henry V encounters deceit, war, and treachery after becoming King of England in the 15th century in the aftermath of his brother's death. 
The cast is so good, dude. It's Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Ooh, Chalamet. Which is weird because he plays the king and he's like he's like fighting in wars and stuff, but he's like gotta be a buck twenty-five dripping wet. And it's just like hard to believe yeah. that he's like able to like fight in armor, but I went and looked at what King Henry V looked like, and he looked like a, a skinny dude. So I, it was cast well, I guess. And then I, I will so. I will say this. I felt scene stealer was Robert Pattinson. He plays the Prince of France, and he is so good at being like really? a pompous French prince. Huh. He's so good. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of people have been talking mad trash about him being Batman. I'm excited he's going to be a good Batman. I've always liked Robert Pattinson, and I also was a Twilight fan, but I, this is an unbiased opinion. Are you excited for him to be Batman? I am. Yes, I, I've always loved him. What was that movie he was in about the Twin Towers falling? The nine, It was based on 9-11. It was called... Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. It was seriously one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so sad, and he's so good in it. What is Robert Pattinson's fantastic in it. Lily Rose Depp, Johnny Depp's daughter, is in it. She's pretty good. And then oh, I, wow. I'll t- I'll, what does she play? She plays the princess of France, and she ends up... I don't want to ruin it, but she's... Don't ruin it, don't ruin it. Joel Egerton, I would say that he's the best character in the whole thing. He's like King Henry's right-hand man and is awesome. He's also a producer and a writer in this story. And then that guy, Mm -hmm. Ben Mendelsohn, he's been in like everything. He was in like Bloodline and he's just in everything. He's King Henry IV. He's so good. Anyways, that movie is fantastic. Okay, okay. Now I want to watch this too. I know. Okay, so the movie that Art Pattinson was in that I love is called Remember Me. Oh, yeah. It's funny because it's it's not really about 9-11 at all, but the characters' lives... It definitely plays a part in the movie, so it's a great, great watch. And you know what else he was in that I loved was Water for Elephants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get enough cred. He doesn't. And then the last one I've got Have you heard of The Game Changer? No. This is a documentary. I feel like there's a dietary documentary that comes out every, I don't know, couple of months and makes everyone change how they want to eat and stuff. But I got to say, this one has made me do some thinking. So this is called The Game Changers. James Wilkes travels the world on a quest for the truth about meat, protein, and strength. Showcasing elite athletes, special ops soldiers, and visionary scientists that change the way people eat and live. So basically, it's trying to debunk the myth that if you want to be strong and muscular, you need to eat meat. Mm. You need protein. And if you want to be a strong man, you need to eat steak, smoke your cigarettes. You know, like that kind of thought process. And so he goes around and he meets all these like Olympic athletes and these just like peak performers and football players and all this stuff that are living like basically vegan diets. And Mm. then he talks to doctors about what that does to your body. It's thought provoking and it's just something I think everyone should just watch just in general. They do a study where they have collegiate athletes come in and one day they make them eat a burrito that's got meat in it. Okay. And then they let, let them live that day. And then they take the blood at the end of the day. Then the next day they make them a like a vegan burrito, like a vegetable burrito with like beans and avocado instead of meat. Then they let them live that day and then they take their blood and then they put the blood into a centrifuge and they show them what your blood looks like, the difference between your blood from just one day of not eating meat compared to one day of eating meat. And Mm -hmm. when you put blood into a centrifuge, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this, you know, the, the white blood cells or whatever 
goes to the bottom. The, the, the blood part goes to the bottom. And then there's that plasma that goes on top, which is lighter than blood. The plasma from the day of eating meat is like... You can tell it's cloudy. There's a lot more fat in it. And then the, the day that you don't eat meat, so clear. I was like, whoa, really? I got it. And I thought this, you know, it was, you know, whatever. So that was really interesting. And then, and so it was like all these like ultra marathoners and like crazy things. And those people were saying about not eating meat is that when you have a lot of fat, like basically running through your body, your veins and stuff contract more. Um, mm. and, but when you're eating a plant-based diet, they actually will expand. So it makes it so blood flow can go up and down your body easier, which makes it so you, you have in, like crazy endurance. And then they have like this one example of Conor McGregor, which everyone knows, like this amazing MMA fighter who was going up against, uh, I think it was Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor is like, is, you know, obviously like a man's man and, and he's doing this press conference and he's making fun of Nate Diaz for being a vegetarian he's like i ate two steaks a day i'm not gonna lose Wh who's gonna win a lion or a gazelle like he's going after him <laughs> for being vegetarian nate diaz beats the shit out of him and you know afterwards joe, joe rogan's like what do you think he's like i'm not i'm not fucking surprised and yeah and then afterwards con mcgregor's i didn't have as, as much energy and as much stamina as he did i was eating two steaks a day and it killed me. It's just really interesting. It makes you change the way you look at food and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it has influenced me. I think I'm going to try. I'm going to do it for like a week and just see how I feel. Like your sister's a big vegan, right? I mean, shit, look at her yeah. body. That's annoying. So I, th I really think it, it's different for everybody. Like I, my brother, Trace. Yeah. He was vegan for so long. And recently, like within the past year or so, he started eating meat again. I think he looks so much healthier. Yeah. Like before, he was just really, really thin, no muscle tone, really. And even his skin, like he just like looked more pale and stuff. And now that he's eating meat again, like he's got like great muscle tone. He's definitely gained weight, looks healthier. His skin tone just looks brighter. I don't know. Like I really feel like for him, he looks better. Yeah. But I think it's different for everybody. I don't know. I don't eat a ton of meat. I like fish. Yeah. I eat a lot of fish. Um, but I just don't eat much meat, so I don't know. Like I said, there's one of these, you know, I think a couple episodes back, we did the one on like the paleo diet or the keto diet and how we were, everyone's going to do that. And mm -hmm. I don't know, this is, it also goes through like, you know, how they say that, well, the cavemen ate all meats and they're like, yeah, right. that's not really true. The only reason why you, you think that is because you see like the spears and the arrows because those things don't go away but of course all the, mm -hmm. the nuts and the berries they were eating biodegraded yeah, and so you don't see it yeah and they had, you know my mom <clears throat> yeah. we should have her on to talk about this she's so passionate about it she, have you ever heard of like the the blood type diets like what you should eat according to your blood type no she's so into this and she you can look up your whatever your blood type is it'll tell you like what you should eat like nutrition what you should do for exercise like and what is best for your blood type and she swears by it and she says that whatever blood type she is it says that you should be eating a lot of red meat and doing very low impact exercises like walking and stuff and that's what she does and she looks great yeah, well, no kidding. If everyone could, if whatever Tish has got figured out, we all need to be doing that. <laughs> I know. Do you know your blood type? I think I'm, I think I'm B positive. It makes me feel better that you're not sure because I have no idea. It's not horrible. I think I'm B positive though, which is funny because mm -hmm. I'm a very positive person. <laughs> but I would like to go negative right now real quick. I have a negative review too. You want to go first? Or you want me to go? I think it's going to, mine's going to be a very unpopular opinion. Oh, then go for it. <laughs> so... 
I told you guys that I read The Art of Racing in the Rain yeah. and loved the book so yeah. much. Watched the movie on the flight over. Oh. Guys, it is so not good compared to the book. Yeah. They changed the entire storyline. And I feel like I don't want to give anything away because I, I would highly encourage you to read the book, especially if you watched the movie and liked it. Like, read the book because the story is just so much more complex and better. I feel like they cut out a massive chunk of the plot and the conflict that, like, based the entire story because I feel like they were trying to make a movie that was, like, not as edgy, that was, like, rated G or something compared uh. to, like, what the book could have been, I guess. I don't know. I was just so disappointed. I know that's an unpopular opinion. People love this movie. They love Milo Ventimiglia. They love the Golden Retriever. Okay, the dog in the book's not even a Golden Retriever. He's oh. like a terrier. He's a mutt that the guy gets from a farm. He's not a Golden Retriever at all. And I don't know. They just changed so much of it to like appease. I don't know what people like, I think, that it just really frustrated me. So I'm sorry, guys. I did not love the movie. I highly encourage you to read the book. So much better. Oh, my God. I'm I'm sorry. I'm putting a golden retriever instead of the terrier mix is the Can most. Can you believe that? That's like that. That's like when you when you heard that Julia Roberts was supposed to play Harriet Tubman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but like that's like I got frustrated oh. by that because no, it's like literally the whole thing in the book is that this dog is a mutt. He doesn't know what he is. He's like three breeds all mismatched. Nobody knows what he is. Everybody thinks he's something different. And the and it's like for him, it's like he's this mutt, but he gets to you know ride in race cars with his owner and do all this cool. I don't know. He's like such a cool dog. And for me, I'm like, if you guys had like kept that dog as a shelter dog or a mutt like that, like maybe that would encourage people to go adopt shelter dogs instead of going to get a freaking golden retriever from the breeder. I don't know. It just really frustrated me. Oh, that's so funny. So ridiculous. But anyway, they changed a lot more than that. But that was just like the big thing. I'm sure they just wanted to slap the golden retriever on the front of the movie poster, you know? Of course. Wait, hold on. I wanted to play this. This video on Instagram made me laugh so freaking hard. Have you have you heard this voicemail of the girl that accidentally clogged her boyfriend's toilet? No. Okay. Obviously, she's young because she's asking for her sister to come pick her up so she can't drive, right? That's uh, insane. Oh also, why was there still poop in a litter box if... Why was there even a litter box out if the cat's been dead a week? I'm so confused. Yeah, I don't know. But that one really <laughs> tickled me. Here's some of my uh, least favorite things. Okay. Let's just, do, let's just do a restaurant real quick. Just restaurant. Number one. As a waiter, this annoys me. Don't fill up my coffee when I have half a cup of coffee in the cup. Because you, now you're fucking with the entire ratio of the perfection that I've created with sugar and milk and all the other things. And now when you put that on top of it, now it's all gone to whack. All gone awry. The pH balance is way off. And now I got to figure out, I got to fucking start doing chemistry experiments and try to get my coffee back to what it was. It was perfect where it was. Fill it up when it's empty. Or when I say, hey, can I get more coffee? I didn't ask for more coffee. Okay. So don't come around and then just be pouring coffee willy nilly everywhere and ruining up my ratio. Number one. Number two, stop <laughs> putting 
onion rings on burgers, okay? It doesn't make the burger better. If I wanted onion rings, I'd get a side of onion rings, and then I'd put them on my burger. But no one does it. I'll tell you why. Because when you take a bite of a burger that's got an onion ring in it, inevitably what happens every single time is that your teeth grab onto the onion ring, and then it pulls the onion out of the shell, and then you have this limp dick onion ring hanging out of one bite. And you've ruined the entire burger. Okay. Also, it makes it too tall, and you can't get you can't get a full bite. You don't make burgers too tall, because then you have to do that weird thing. Where you eat hey, speak for yourself. I can I can get a full bite. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm done with that. That's a nice rant. I literally had a burger yesterday with an onion ring on it, and I gave it to Rex. I did not want it. Exactly. Stop doing it. I don't know why yeah. people think that's good. It's not. It's never been good ever. You're right. It's definitely not. We've eaten out quite a bit here just because for the most part, because it's so freaking cheap compared to the United States. Yeah. But I noticed the other day. So like here, it's it's not like the States. Like at home, they bring you a bill and then they take your credit card and go run it. Here, they bring the credit card machine to your table and like run your credit card or whatever. And um, so we were like finishing up our, our lunch, but we were like so excited to order a coffee at the end. And we hadn't even finished our food. And this chick brings the credit card machine over with the bill and is like you guys you know like oh here let me, you guys ready to pay but like we didn't even finish eating and we were like um no we went to order coffee after we eat and she like literally rolled her eyes she was so annoyed and walked away and i was like geez you should say is there anything else you would like before yeah. you bring a bill over i feel like it's very rude to just bring a bill for sure but it, her shift was ending she wanted to get the fuck out of there yeah we, we actually were eating lunch at like 4 p.m which is not right oh yeah dude <laughs> you're in the wrong here <laughs> I'm je- I was jet lagged. Well, I got two books and then we can we can wrap it if you want. Okay. Number one, my buddy Steve Gorman, who I don't know if you've ever met. I think you met him back in the days when we did this show in Nashville at the studio. Steve Gorman was the drummer for the Black Crows. And he also had a radio show on Fox Sports where he talked sports, which was awesome hearing a rock star talk sports. But he would also come do a bit on my radio show. He had a photographic memory. It was crazy. I could say October 27th, 1995. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, the Black Crows, we were in Denmark doing our European tour. That was the night that so-and-so got kicked out of the bar because they started a bar fight and... And he had that photograph of exactly what would happen on exactly every single day. And it was crazy. He has since written a book called Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows, a memoir. I just started reading this because I know Steve so well. Like, it's awesome because I was always so amazed how he was able to recall all this stuff. And now, see, like, I heard a lot of these stories, but now, like, reading about it, is freaking amazing. And Steve is like just a really sweet, nice guy and a wonderful human. And what's weird is that the Black Crows have gotten back together and he's not drumming in the band. So uh, ding, dang, doom for Steve Gorman's Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. Go check it out. That's cool. And then my other one's a kid's book. So weird because this is another person I did radio with. This is from college. From Natitude what the new sound of Rebel Radio. Um, I used to do. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was that was from college radio. And did you really talk like that? No, I mean I don't know. Maybe. Thank God, I feel like you did. I might have. I don't really remember. Anyways, I did radio with this. Well, I'll dig it up. 
Yeah, I actually have I have air checks from way back then for sure. I did radio with this with this girl named well, this woman named Danielle Wheeler. She was so nice and so cute and just like a very positive force. And I, we've lost touch because that's what happens. And she reached out to me recently. She said, hey, I wrote a children's book. And I was like, oh, cool. The children's book is called I've Got Spots, a story about vitiligo. And since knowing her in college, she got vitiligo. Do you know what that is? No. It's like when your skin loses pigment. And so like you'll have like oh. spots on your body. There's that one famous model who has it. Um, yeah, Winnie. Yeah. I think the idea is like self-love and creating awareness about vitiligo and like for kids kind of dealing with it, knowing that there's other people out there and, you know, to kind of embrace it and stuff. It's really, really cute. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give that a little bit of love. It's called I've Got Spots, a story about vitiligo written by Danielle Wheeler. So those are my two books for the week. Cute. Um, I started a book. It's a classic brandy book. But okay. so this is one of the um, it's it's I picked this one because Ruth Ware, who I've read a lot of her books, she wrote The Woman in Cabin 10, which I think you actually read. Yep. She endorsed this book like her uh, her endorsements like on the top. So I picked it up. It's by Mary Kubica. Uh-huh. And I think this this chick's like big hit book was called The Good Girl. And I never picked that one up, but I picked this one up. I'm just going to read the premise on the back. Clara Solberg's world shatters when her husband and their four-year-old daughter are in a car crash, killing Nick while Macy is remarkably unharmed. The crash is ruled an accident until the coming days when Macy starts having night terrors that make Clara question what really happened on that fateful afternoon. Who would have wanted Nick dead and why? Clara will stop at nothing to find out. And the truth is only the beginning of this twisted tale of secrets and deceits. Ooh. Told in alternating, this is the cool part, told in the alternating perspectives of Claire's investigation and Nick's last months leading up to the crash, Master of Suspense Mary Kubica weaves her most chilling thriller to date, one that explores the dark recesses of a mind plagued by grief and shows that some secrets might be better left buried. Ooh, I like that one. Tell me, I want to know how that one ends because if somebody needs another book. I definitely will. Yeah. Yeah. I love a good murder mystery. Me too. Love a good murder mystery. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, have so much fun over there. Thanks. Um, it's because this has been a short trip. It was only an eight-day trip. Yeah. Um, because that's all he could get off work. But I head back tomorrow, so we are going to cook dinner tonight. And when I say we, I mean he's going to cook dinner, and I'm going to stand there with a spatula and pretend I'm helping. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yep. And maybe we're gonna. I, I think we might want watch one of the movies you just recommended. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. All right. Well, I miss you and I love you and have a safe flight back. Miss you too. Thanks, Wells. Okay. Bye bye. Get some deep duck. Oh, you know it. You know it. <laughs> I'm Natalie Barbu, host of the Real Real podcast, where we go behind the highlight reel to find out what's really going on in the lives of content creators, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. After quitting my corporate job to start my own businesses, I realized that while things might look glamorous on our Instagram feeds, things can get real behind the scenes. You can listen to The Real Real every Monday to start off your week with some realness and inspiration. Find my podcast wherever you're listening right now and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a beat. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.